This is Henry McCarthy of Poets and Writers, and we have a, another great show for you today. This is going to be in honor of a dear friend, many of you know him around the valley, Randy Smith. And Randy passed away recently, and he was a bright light, as many of you know, and influenced many people, students, he was an educator and a poet. So we had Randy, we are privileged to have him on twice, and I'm here in the studio with Ivy Shepard today, and she's such a great producer, so... For the next two shows, I want you to listen to Randy Smith and what he has to share with you. God bless you, Randy, and I'll see you on out there. You're a bright light. Welcome to Poets and Writers. This is Henry McCarthy coming to you from the beautiful Emory and Henry College campus, WEHC 90.7. We have a really grand show for you today. We have Randy Smith on, and many of you know Randy Smith from around these mountains and hollers. So, Randy, welcome to Poets and Writers. Well, thank you, Henry. I'm glad to be here. Honored that you would ask me. Well, now, we always like to ask where you're from. You're actually from different points. You grew up in Winston-Salem, but you've lived here for many years, right? Yes, I I grew up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, I've lived here since 1973, so what is that, 44 years, something like that. Went to Appalachian State. Went to Appalachian State and got my graduate work at Virginia Tech and Mm -hmm. uh, married a girl from Meadowview and... Here I am. Well, you do a lot of, you've done, you were really a great teacher. You were at John Battle High School. And what did you teach at John Battle High School? At John Battle, I was in the social studies department. Mm -hmm. I taught primarily United States government, uh, world history, economics, uh, along with some interdisciplinary humanities classes that that I dearly loved. I taught one called The Art of Being Human. That was a very popular course and I think a very good one. Well, you won. I know you won a number of awards, and I knew you way back when, when I was assistant principal at Abingdon High School. But we want to talk today, because I know you're interested in poetry and writing, and and Randy has so many interests. I just love to run into him down at Zazie's Coffee Shop in the mornings, and we cover the history of the world, and more or less. So, yes, indeed. <laughs> we're going to talk about Archibald Rutledge today for you listeners out there. And Archibald Rutledge is not local. Well, he's from down south. He's from down in South Carolina. And I first ran across, well, Randy was on my show, and he mentioned this great poet, Archibald Rutledge. And I didn't think too much about it till I was reading Pat Conroy's My Reading Life, and he had a whole chapter on meeting Archibald Rutledge. So, Randy... Who is Archibald Rutledge? Okay. Uh, Yeah, first I I would say uh, my connection to Archibald Rutledge began because my mother's side of the family, my maternal relatives, are from South Carolina. And and so I had an acquaintance uh, with that state, and it's a literary heritage, and it's a hunting and fishing heritage with my grandparents. And so uh, many years ago, my brother... Uh, bought me a book called Peace in the Heart by this guy named Archibald Rutledge. And I thought, well, what is this? Well, I read it, and it was wonderful, this wonderful mix of rural, southern, outdoors, agricultural rootedness, uh, along with this just superior use of the language and, uh, and, and intellect. And uh, and I just fell in love with the guy and started uh, started reading all his books and collecting his books. But Archibald Rutledge um, w- lived on a place near Georgetown, South Carolina, called Hampton. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, he became educated. He actually taught English at a small college in Pennsylvania, I think maybe Gettysburg College. I could be incorrect on that. And then ultimately came back to Hampton uh, and lived out his years there at his beloved uh, Hampton uh, plantation or farm. Uh, Archibald was the uh, poet laureate of South Carolina for many, many years. I'm thinking like 37 years. Amazingly, Henry, he wrote 55 books and well over 5,000 poems, which is, so he was very prolific um, uh, in his writings, along with many, many uh, magazine articles and and uh, uh, journal entries and things of that nature. So he was from an old South Carolina family and, of course, has passed on. He's oh, been, yes. He's, he's been long dead. I'm thinking he died in the 70s okay. sometime. Uh, yes, he a very good uh, point. He is from the um, the Rutledge, famous Rutledge family of, of South Carolina. They were French Huguenots, if I, if I remember my history uh, correctly. Very deeply rooted in the history of South Carolina and the history of Southern culture. Well, I remember, and I have to share this story with you, and I'm going to interject this because Pat Conroy, of course, who passed away not too long ago, he has a chapter which, in which he talks about him, and he says that this great teacher took him by to visit Archibald Rutledge. And Pat didn't know who he was, but he had heard of him, and so Archibald Rutledge was so gracious, and he took time with him. And so the teacher, after they left, said, Pat, what did you learn today? And Pat said, well, I learned, you know, he was really a fine poet, and so on. And he said, no, Pat, but you learned something more important. And that is, no matter how famous you get, that you take time for others. And so Pat never forgot that, nor did his teacher. And his teacher would call him after, of course, Pat wrote The Great Santini and Prince of Tides and so many books, as you know, The Death of Santini, My Losing Season. And so his teacher would call and he'd say, tonight Susie Smith will be calling you, Pat, to talk with you. And Pat would say, well, I am so busy tonight, I just don't think I can do it. And he would say, Pat, do you remember when I took you to visit Archibald Rutledge and he took the time for you to listen and to share with you. So I want you to be sure. To, and so Pat would say, okay, I'll do it. And so he did that for the rest of his life. So Randy wanted to share that with you because Archibald, he lived on, was it a plantation or what? Had yeah, been? it would have, uh, it, it was a large uh, piece of acreage that, that served as an agricultural business. And so I guess by definition, it was a plantation uh, there were black folks that lived on the plantation, which he writes about in, in remarkably wonderful ways. Uh, so, yes, it's near Georgetown, South Carolina. It's called Hampton, and it has been uh, made into a state park by the state of South Carolina now. So if you're down in that uh, neck of the woods, you can visit Hampton. Uh, I think George Washington actually spent the night there one time. There's all kinds of... Uh, for sure. George got around. We know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Grand, grand stories about uh, folks but, that, that stayed there or visited there. It's a beautiful old home. It's not really uh, as ostentatious, perhaps, as a lot of the plantations are. It's more of a just a home. In fact, Rut Rutledge wrote a book about uh, his uh, beloved Hampton. That's the way he referred it. And he called it... Um, my home by the river, and that's that's the way he referred it, and that would be the Santee River to give a point of reference in South Carolina. 
Well, when we talk about him, of course, and we talk about plantations and we, we talk about the South and, of course, we look at race and we have to be aware of that. But you and I were talking at Zazie's about him and, and he was enlightened for his era and was an enlightened man in terms of people. You know, there are people, in fact, is most of the people I've found in this world, and I've worked in Mexico and certainly came off the Rome Mountain and been in, in many different places and met many, many different people. But underneath, there are many, many, uh, it's called the oversoul, and we have this soul and caring for others. And so what you pointed out to me is he had this concern for other people. Is that Oh, he yeah. absolutely did. Um, uh, in fact, I was going to read you a little absolutely. quote here, mm-hmm. and then I'll, I'll reference, uh, segue off of that. This was one writer's description of Rutledge. Beauty, the environment, nature, family, God, literature, all of these concerned Archibald Rutledge. His was the grand legacy of the Southern gentleman, the teacher, the naturalist, the philosopher, the writer who cared deeply for all people and things, great and small. Uh, Atticus Finch, I was thinking about yeah. that. Just I had a flashback to, to uh, Kill a Mockingbird yeah. when you read that. And, 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 and he... he like you said, he was way ahead of his time in terms of his affection of, appreciation of, respect for uh, the black folks of the South. Now, that being said, Henry, he would use terms like darkies or Negroes or something that you and I uh, would consider uh, inappropriate perhaps today. But he always wrote about, he had a friend for, for example, a, a black man who lived on the, on the farm there, and his name was Prince Alston. And he always wrote about, he referred to him as my noble prince, a man who taught me more about life than I ever knew, uh, a man that I could trust, a man that, uh, that, that was just a, a man after my own heart. He always referred to uh, to people in that way, all people in that way, for that matter. Um, but in in the 1920s and 30s and 40s in the South, uh, you know, black folks were not referred to that kindly that often. And and right in the midst of that, I think it was 1937 or something, uh, he wrote a book called All God's Children, and it was about the rural Southern Negro as he as he described it. Now, some folks might consider that patronizing today, but for Rutledge, it was not. It was a recognition that uh, that these folks were the sons and daughters of of princes and kings and queens and great kingdoms, and um, and they brought noble qualities uh, with them. And you were talking about yeah. the trades and their ability with the trades. Oh, that absolutely. Oh, yeah. Their, their craftsmanship, yes. their, their courage, their loyalty, their uh, um, just, just symbiosis with nature, he wrote about often. So he was way ahead of his time. I know one of the things, Henry, if I've got a second here, he, he wrote about race relations, uh, and, and he had this quote, and I hope I'm not misquoting and I don't have it in front of me, but he said, I am not sure we will ever see equality. Uh, in, in, in a political sense, but I am very confident we can achieve brotherhood in a personal sense. Never and was talking about black and white mm-hmm. relations, and, and that was written mm-hmm. 60, 70 years ago. Uh, 
But anyway. that was, you know, Martin Luther King said that in his famous speech yeah. mm-hmm. uh, about how all children could play together, and he envisioned that right. at right. some point. Absolutely, yes. We're talking with Randy Smith today on Poets and Writers, and coming to you from the beautiful Emory and Henry College campus. Now, Randy, we're talking about Archibald Rutledge and his poetry, so let's get into a little bit of his poetry so our listeners can hear what he wrote about, and you have uh, described, and Randy has brought, uh, he's brought about uh, 5,200 books in here with him today, <laughs> and he's going through them, but Randy's a teacher, a master teacher, so he can, he always comes prepared, and love having him on the show, and we're also going to talk with him a little bit about some of the projects he's in, and you know, he teaches over at the community college in the senior program, but Randy, let's have a little poetry from uh, Archibald Rutledge on Poets and Writers today. Do you have a poem for sure. us? Sure. Yeah, th- this is actually a, a, a very simple one, but a very poignant one. And oftentimes, Rutledge could be sort of verbose, as the writers of his era were. Uh, but this one is very simple and direct, and uh, obviously uh, gets its point across. It's a poem called Helmet, and it was written... Uh, for the uh, uh, for the veterans of the Korean War. Called Helmet. Helmet, okay. H-E-L-M-E-T. Absolutely. Somewhere in Korea, a helmet you will find. A hole is in the helmet before and behind. The head that it covered went deaf, dumb, and blind. His station you'll know not, his name you'll never learn. He left his beloved homeland and shall not return. His heart that was homesick no longer can yearn. For now he is sleeping and shall not awake. He's deep in a nightland where day does not break. He's just a good soldier who died for your sake. Another one of those um, poems that we, we honor those people who have served their countries. And so that's, uh, that's by Archibald Rutledge, uh, read by Randy Smith here on today. Randy, how about, an, and I know he wrote about nature, too, mm-hmm. and that, because he was, you know, this combination. So, but no, just go for it. Let's go for a few more poems. Of his. Okay. Yeah, one of the, uh, one of the things I loved about Rutledge would, was he had, uh, I think I alluded to earlier, this uh, rural uh, earthiness. He could write a poem about uh, a deer hound, and then he could turn around and write a poem about Angor Wat. Uh, the ancient uh, city there in, in Cambodia. And he also wrote a lot of uh, things that were um, of, of sort of a philosophical nature. And this is one of the more intriguing ones for me. It's called The Wayward Are the Wise. The Wayward Are the Wise. The Wayward Are the Wise. Yes. And, and, it, and it, you know, as you will see, it talks about how some people go through life afraid to try, afraid to experiment, afraid to really get out there and enjoy life. Absolutely, absolutely, and, whether it's writing poetry or riding a bicycle. Absolutely. So anyway, here's, here's this poem, The Wayward or the Wise. Watching two spirits on their pilgrimage, I saw how one pursued the narrow way, austere and righteous, often in a rage, with one who turned aside to laugh and play. Before them both was the fast unknown, and one refused love's natural bread and wine with prudish scorn and pride. One aim alone to gain paradise was his design. The joyous spirit dallied God had given so much he could not pass its beauty by. 
So much on earth he had no need of heaven. He wandered down unsanctioned paths to try to find the wonder, the mystery, and grace his maker offered for his glad embrace. Sometimes I think it is the wayward who are the wise. Men have forbidden them, but they have not missed life's gifts under life's strange and pitying skies. Their ardent arms have held and their lips have kissed beauty whenever beauty showed her face. And to them in time's grim desert, they drained love's honeyed chalice with a high heart of grace. I cannot find their radiant spirits stained. Their hearts wear mortal colors rich and warm because they took life's deep delights. And of passion they have known that splendid storm. And while the sterile slept, they have known nights of rapture, wild and beautiful and strong, and made their souls one with music and with song. Archibald Rutledge, really, really great poem, and thank you, Randy, for reading that for us today. And I want to read one. I've got a couple of poems. You know, Randy, I like to share poems, too, and I was thinking about the South, and one night I was in Atlanta, and I was in a hotel room, and I was over, uh, I was overlooking uh, the little house where Margaret Mitchell wrote "Ghost with the Wind," and I wrote this poem: Atlanta, the wrecking ball city where landmarks disappear, and Margaret Mitchell's ghost rides in a yellow taxi, searching for her ancestor's home and the little room where she wrote "Gone with the Wind," and dreamed of being an important person. Oh, it's beautiful. I've actually been to yeah. Margaret Mitchell's home there. The typewriter yeah. and so forth. Yeah, and, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And she worked for the newspaper. And, Randy, I'm going to weave in. I'm going to interrupt you here for just okay. a sec. Okay, sure. We, we were talking. What Randy did, uh, Randy has a little booth down here at the, what's the name of the place there? It's uh, Abingdon Antique Mall. Abingdon Antique Mall. And he, of course, is a collector, and he has all sorts of good things in there. And I said to him that... My niece was looking for a long play album of Johnny Cash, and gosh, Randy made our made our week. She, he came back with not only one, but two or three, and he had two originals for Sun Records, and he still hasn't charged me uh, anything for those. But I th- I know they're quite valuable, so we appreciate that, Randy. And so we were talking. Anyway, we're talking about Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. and I mentioned my poem Wild Bill which is where I'm sure my niece got interested in Johnny Cash but because he was a truck driver. And, Randy, uh, thank you for sharing uh, those albums. And also you do have some books down there and on, and it's a good place to check out you folks around the Abingdon area. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. I, I try to keep uh, really quality books, interesting books uh, yeah. in there, yes. Also, they sell apple butter in there, I might yes, say. Yes, they I do. A jar of that. <laughs> this is uh, Wild Bill. He came to the city of tobacco with a teenage bride and the soul of a mountain boy from the Blue Ridge. For 35 years, he drove an 18-wheeler, smoked, drank, and loved his wife and family. Retired with nothing left in his bank account, abandoned by the Teamsters Union, Lou Gehrig's disease came calling one winter, and by spring he was in intensive care. I patted his shoulder and said, Hang in there, Bill. And his reply... I give it a good shot, and I ain't going to make it. Could you put on some George Jones? My wife, two AA buddies, and I stroked his shoulders. Wild Bill took three shallow breaths. The heart monitor flatlined, 
and George Jones saying he stopped loving her today. Oh, that's beautiful, Henry. I've, I've never heard that one of yours. I've heard a lot of your poetry. That one is, is stunningly beautiful, actually. Thank you. Well, that's a true story based on mm-hmm. my brother-in-law who left the Roan Mountain over here near Roan and went down. You know, people migrated into Winston-Salem, as you know, Randy, to work in the tobacco. Mm-hmm. But those mountain guys were not tobacco workers. They, they were truck drivers and so on and independent as they could be. So they had to Absolutely. pretty much work alone. But he, uh, he worked there for many years, and, and that's the story. And it reminded me of it because when you got the Johnny Cash albums, and I've told you a couple of stories about Johnny Cash and meeting him and so forth. But, but we're talking about Archibald Rutledge today, and I want to be sure and— Get you and I know your brother. You said is a big fan. And he's oh the yeah, one, he's the he's one, that, one gave that introduced me really to Rutledge. And he's he yeah. lives over in Ashland. He lives in Hendersonville. Hendersonville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, now what else on Archibald Rutledge? Because you know you're a teacher, so I know you've got many other aspects to share with us. What else you want to share about him today? And he, I'm just fascinated by him because he is a South Carolina poet, but he he's becoming more and more well known to me. Right. He. Uh, well, uh, Rutledge, uh, I guess he cut his teeth, so to speak, in the writing world, writing uh, uh, articles for outdoor magazines. In fact, I brought here, I'd, we wouldn't have time really to read it, but I've got an August 1938 edition of Field and Stream, <laughs> which My would goodness. be interesting in itself. And he wrote uh, for Field and Stream. Uh, he wrote articles for Field and Stream and Sports Afield and Nature Magazine. Uh, in fact, he received the John Burroughs Award, if anyone's familiar with John Burroughs, an outstanding uh, uh, outdoor writer. And as he got along a little later in life, he used these outdoor experiences to to, to convey right. like a philosophy of life. Like, my favorite book of of his is called Peace in the Heart. And it starts out with sunrise in the spring, and it ends up with sunset in the winter. And he interweaves. uh, I'm sorry, I'm losing my... (laughs) You're you're doing fine. Using my headset. Sorry about that. Uh, But, and therefore, it's, it's a telling of the various seasons of life using nature as its foundational thing. It's just it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful book. And one of the things in there is, is Life's Extras, and I'll give you a real quickie on that. One of the chapters is called Life's Extras. And Rutledge says, basically in life there are two kinds of things, necessities and extras. The necessities are what we have to have to survive. The extras are what make life worth living. And he goes on to develop that theme, and he talks about rain is a necessity. Rainbows are extras. Water is a necessity. Waterfalls are extras. Air is a necessity, but the wind, the noise the wind makes blowing through the South Carolina pines is an extra. So he writes beautifully that way. Uh, He also uh, is family-oriented. He wrote a book about his mom and dad, uh, which was called My Colonel and His Lady, which would be true Old South deference. And uh, th- this is the way he describes uh, his his mom and his dad. Though they have gone on into the world of light, they never seem to leave us, these friends of our mortal pilgrimage who were both loved and lovable. It is so 
with my colonel and his lady. We do not lose because we cannot forget the people that we really love. Peace of heart and gratitude and reconciliation to life, the memory of my beloved colonel brings me. And though his memory recedes into the past, for me the vision of him continually brightens, touched with a tender radiance. That's beautiful, and that's a beautiful tribute also. Wow. And he wrote some 40 or how many books did you say? 55 books, actually. I I had to look that up. (laughs) Well, you know, folks who have that kind of a talent, and the fact that he wrote for Field and Stream and all Mm -hmm. the nature, and that gets into Randy is certainly interested in nature and has taught uh, a number of classes and taken people on Mm -hmm. hikes around here. And we've been talking about Archibald Rutledge, but as we move along here on the show, Randy, I want to talk a little bit about what you do around Abingdon and so many contributions you make. And you've got a little seed project. Talk a little bit about your seed project. Quickly. Yeah, that's that's a wonderful thing. After I retired, I um, I wanted to stay involved and uh, in the community. And so I started volunteering at the public library, among other places. I also volunteered at Hungry Mother Park doing nature programs. But the the library, this would have been about four years ago, had initiated a project called the Washington County Seed Saver Library. And the idea is you preserve, for lack of a better term, old-timey seeds, open-pollinated heirloom seeds that were in danger of dying out because of the the more corporate control of seeds and the, the, the proliferation of what are known as F1 hybrids where uh, these seeds do not replicate themselves. So we wanted to find all the beans up in the hollers and stuff and preserve them, and they're there at the library, and you can go check them out just like a book. So it's a wonderful thing. And then you take them out and plant them. Oh, yeah. Then the people take them out, plant them, enjoy them, can them, eat them, freeze them, and then hopefully bring us some seed back at the end of the season and we keep it going. Well, I think that is fascinating. And, Randy, I know you, you've taught a course over at the community college on poetry of rock and roll right. as well. We've been talking with Randy Smith today on Poets and Writers, and we've just been had a, had a great time talking about Archibald Rutledge. So, Randy, any closing comments? No, just uh, I appreciate being here. And, uh, you know, folks should uh, check out a lot of writers uh, like Rutledge maybe that yeah. you don't know about, but uh, they're out there and, and they're well worth reading. Absolutely. And, you know, Poets and Writers, we're archived. If you Google Henry McCarthy Poets and Writers or Henry McCarthy WEHC 90.7, you'll pick up the archives. And we're also archived at the Wilson Library in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, in the Southern Folklife Collection. So we we keep we keep busy, and it's folks like Randy Smith that uh, keep us on target. So this is Henry McCarthy saying thank you for listening, and I'm going out to write a poem and watch the children play.